you may take the stage and speak. Someone's life will be changed. Maybe many lives will be changed here today. You would speak through me, God, and, and uh, just have your way. Let me not tell too many stories about myself or my own experiences. And let me be real. Let me not, not be fearful of looking into someone's face and afraid to say what I need to say today, Lord. Um, just that you be glorified, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. I'm, I'm kind of messed up today. It's kind of been a, a going theme with me lately in worship. If you listen to me exhort... you listen to me exhort about I look out and my heart breaks to know that Christians are not living near the full or free life that God has called us to live I know many of you would say oh that's easy for you to say Friday was your last day on the construction job now you're going to be here full time and all oh, life's just all hunky dory and easy for you it's not when we have 300 plus of you to deal with no it's not hunky dory so uh, it, it is about I think we all live in this somewhat euphoric state that we're going to arrive one day into the perfect place that we desire to live on this earth. And that's just not it. That's just not the case. But while on this earth, struggling, striving to get to some place we dream about, we have struggles. We have encounters that we'd rather not have. And we fall and we mess up. And things don't go our way. And we either do live the freedom life God's called us to or we don't. Let me say something funny before we get started because I don't want to tell a lot of stories. I, I don't know if any of you know Francis Chan, but I feel very much like Francis Chan today. I've got way more scripture and things to say than I have time. And this one, I guess, don't stand up like Aaron's does. But, uh, the other day, my son... We're riding in the car. We, I took the boys out, I think, to Tim Hortons one evening for a snack to get them away from Leah, let her accomplish some things she needed to do. And took all three of them to Tim Hortons. What a task, a six, a four, and a 16-month, 17-month. On the way back, we're parked, and I think it's Walgreens right here. Frisch is over here, and we're in the right lane because we're going to get up on the highway. <laughs> this is why you're always careful what you say around kids because, boy, they don't miss it. They're smarter than us. They have hearts more sensitive than us. They're more spiritually responsive. Children are like females. They're more spiritually responsive. It don't take much of the Holy Spirit or God to touch a child's life, and they respond. It does not take much for God to do the same with a woman. He has a hard time getting across to men. But the other day, we're in the van... I heard Samuel back here usually wants the music so cranked up that I can't stand it. And he said, Dad, we pulled away from the light. He said, Dad, I said, what? He said, those people next to us were smoking. I said, they were. He goes, yep. Nathaniel said, smoking's not good for you. I said, no, it's not. And uh, Samuel said, Dad, you said you were passing cigarettes smoking. I said, what? He said, you said you were passing couldn't hardly understand what that word he was saying. You're passing on smoking or cigarettes. I said, don't, what are you talking about? I don't smoke. And he goes, at home group, a small group, Dad, 
you said you were passing on cigarettes, and I started dying laughing. He said, it's not funny, Dad. Smoking's not good. I said, no, I know it's not. <laughs> I said, oh, and I was dying laughing. He said, why is it so funny? I said, oh, you heard me say I was fast in cigarettes, didn't you? I'm not fasting anything. If you want to know the truth, as, as, please don't. I mean, I'll just be real, real honest with you. I've, I haven't prayed and asked the Lord, what do you want me to fast? I'm just trying to get through certain things here to get to certain places at this time. If you know me, you'll just know some. And I'm not fasting anything. So uh, I probably will. Give me a few weeks. I'll catch up. I'm late sometimes and, and uh, rebellious at times. But uh, they were coming in from... Small groups, some of them were coming in, you know, and something was brought up about, are we fasting sweets? Can we bring sweets in, you know, to our group? I'm like, bring it all in. I said, the only thing I'm fasting cigarettes. You know, made some of them look at me funny. I don't smoke. But anyway, so uh, kids kids are something. Let me get back to my heartbreaking. I, I guess if I could just, just be from my gut today, share some scriptures with you today, Leading up to this, thinking, man, what is the state of our union, this union, CT's union? I'm not here to preach. I, I hate it when preachers try to excuse. They want to really, like, put their foot down on an issue they're, they're hating in their own church. Well, not necessarily in this church. What I say today is necessarily about this church. I'm not, if you notice, I don't have a bunch of hitters on Twitter or or uh, I doubt the Internet people are going to look me up because I spoke somewhere here today. I'm not speaking to the nations. I'm not speaking to the city, the county, nothing. I'm speaking to you today. And I'll speak to you today on what I feel like God, and I'll probably cry a lot today. I don't know why, just, just me, because my heart breaks for you. And uh, I talked with a brother on the worship team today, something he's struggling with on the worship team. I mean, it's not, not his life. Don't try to think, oh, which brother was it and what's he struggling with? Let's see if I know about No, we're struggling about something here on the platform something we do musicians do i just encouraged him i said man it's been almost 10 10 years eight years probably i struggled with that it's a, it's an instrument thing you most of you wouldn't understand but it was an instrument thing i said i struggled with that for eight years man i said that's something we fought in this church ever since i've been here i said i i know i feel for you i just want to encourage you to go on to go on to go on to go on keep going and um but the thing that breaks my heart, I, I will say is, I just really don't believe, if I, I'll say it about all of us, I don't think we live. I think we're used to either picking the fruit off the ground that falls off the tree, or just getting what dangles there for us, what little bit comes to us. I don't really think we're satisfied to reach up and grab some of the good stuff. I don't think we're really satisfied to, to plant real good seeds. I made this in my notes a while back concerning the church as a whole. I'm going to say church triumphant, and I love every one of you, and I'm responsible for this, but I'm not going to continue being responsible for this. We've settled for good. We've never pushed towards greatness. I don't mean we're going to run thousands and be internationally known. I don't mean that. I'm talking as individuals. If not another person comes to this church, we've settled for what's good we've settled for what's earthy we've settled for what's this life we've settled for what the culture settles for and I don't believe it's what God's called us to 
really believe that. That's not a, that's not a, hey, let me straighten you up. I'm going to fix you today. It's nothing like that. I'm just here to tell you there's better than what you've had. And I'm not talking about your cars or your home or your job or your retirement. If I, if I could be, I would. I don't know what the, 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 the board or, or other people here in charge think, but if I could be real frank with you today, I would go on to tell you what I walked away from to be here today. I didn't leave millions. I didn't leave some big executive job. But I sacrificed to be here Monday morning. And I didn't sacrifice month by month. I sacrificed for years, probably a lifetime. I sacrificed if we looked in the natural. If we looked in the natural. Up to now, I never had to think. I don't have a lot of, I mean, I don't have a lot of big desires. But anyways, let's go on. I might read two or three scriptures today. Just pray that God. I wanted to wear my t-shirt. Stand, stand up, Andrew. Stand up, Aaron. I looked all over this morning, groped in the darkness at, at home. Uh, see, my, see our t-shirts, worship teammate. We had some of those t-shirts made up. Where we're going to wind up today is what's on their back. If you would, let's just go there today. Romans 12 and 1. It's where we're going to end up. I'm reading from the ESV. I think I heard one preacher said it's the especially sweet version. But... Uh, <laughs> Kind of, I kind of equate it between New King James and living somewhere in the middle of there. Romans 12, 1. Mm. I don't want to get on rants today. But I kind of want to, I kind of want to perturb you a little bit today before you leave. I kind of want to provoke you to good works, the Bible says. I kind of want to be like a piece of iron, rubbing up a piece of iron today. This is where we want to we want to start today. We want to end up here today. This is what I want you to sink your teeth into after you leave here today for the next week, for the next month, for the rest of your life. I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Some versions will say, which is just your reasonable service. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind. That by testing, you may discern what the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. Move on down to nine. Marks of the true Christian. Let love be genuine. Abhor what is evil or hate what is evil. Hold fast to what is good. Love one another with brotherly affection. Outdo one another in showing honor. Do not be slothful in zeal. You understand that? I hate growing up in church the 20-some years I've been saved to hear something and know, what, what's he mean by that? It means don't be slow, don't be sluggish about being on fire for Jesus. Can I put it in your southern Ohio vernacular? Don't be sluggish. Don't rush up in here at the last minute and hear what you can because you just overslept or couldn't get ready in time. 
Don't just give God this two hours a week. Oh, how do we sing? Great is he, the king of kings. How do we sing that? Just Be fervent in spirit, serve the Lord. Rejoice in hope, be patient in tribulation, be constant in prayer. Contribute to the needs of the saints and seek to show hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse them. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Weep with those who weep. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be haughty, arrogant, but associate with the lowly. Never be wise in your own sight. Repay no evil for evil, but give thought to do what is honorable in the sight of all. If possible, so far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. Good luck, but try to. Beloved, never avenge yourselves, but leave it to the wrath of God. For it is written, vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. To the contrary, if your enemy's hungry, feed him. And if he's thirsty, give him something to drink. For by so doing, you'll heap burning coals of fire, on burning coals on his head. Do you understand what that means? You're going to bring conviction on a person that hates you if you love him. If you reach out to him. If you feed him. If you seek to outdo him in honor. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies a living sacrifice. If I would have had time this week, I would have, I would have made a, 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 took a table and made like an altar appearance here. And I wanted one of them big, big mannequin bodies that the fire department uses. And I just wanted to keep picking that hundred some pound thing up and dropping it on that table. Boom! And I wanted you to hear that. Boom! Let me tell you, it's a struggle to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God. It is a struggle. I'm not telling you it's easy. I'm not here to say it's by any works that any man should boast, the Bible tells us. Turn to Romans 6. If I could be real honest today, I'm thinking of Christians and sin. I'm not going to preach on sin. I'm not going to nail you on what maybe you're going through. But I will tell you that it, I don't understand some of the things that I see in the church that trouble me. And that look so much like the culture. Romans 6, 1. What shall we say then? Are we to continue in sin that grace may abound? By no means. How can we who died... To sin, still live in it. Do you not know that if we're... Let me give my next version on three. Do you not know that if we're all Christians, we've been baptized into Christ Jesus. We were baptized into His death. We were baptized to die. I would pick that body up or I'd ask somebody to pick it up and drop it on that altar today. I'd just drop it. And you would say, why? I would say this, because when you came to Christ, you were dead in your trespasses. You deserved one thing. You deserved death. I deserve death. There may have been some days since I've walked with Christ and I've professed Christianity that I've deserved death because of my thoughts or my actions towards someone. Thanks be to the grace of God and the blood of Jesus Christ that's cleansed my life. Do you understand that? And one thing about a Christian, how do you know that you're saved? This is the big question. 
Baptists want to say, if you've said the prayer, there's some Baptists, not all of them. I follow some really great ones. And um, there's some will say that if you've prayed the prayer and you've said it and you've been baptized and you've done all that, hey, you're going to heaven. We know Christ covered your sin. And there'll be some Pentecostals that'll say, by golly, if they're not living it, toting it, wearing it, looking it, shouting it, attending it, church, you hear me, that you're not saved. That's not what the Bible teaches. But let me tell you, when you, we came to Christ, we were dead in our trespasses. We deserve death. It's what we deserve. He put His Son on a cross to cover our sins. And at that point in time, when we came to Him, I don't know, can you remember that day? Can you remember that time that you found yourself at a, a, a point realizing that you are a sinner, that you were lost, that you were going to be separated from God throughout eternity if you didn't accept His Son, Jesus Christ? Can you remember that day? Can you remember that time? And then with an open heart, you cried out to God and you asked for forgiveness of your sins. You asked Christ to forgive you. You asked, I hope you did. If you didn't, you see me after church. I'm troubled with not enough repentance in the church. I'm troubled with not enough response to altar calls. I don't need you to see you come here. We don't have, we don't have egos to feed as speakers that we need you to come here and feed our ego. That's not what we need. We need a testimony when you return next week. Do you understand that? We need you and your small group to say, you know what? My marriage has been crap for years. And God spoke to me. And it's me. And it's not my spouse. And I vowed to make it different. That my own lustful desires, my passions, my own ways of thinking are not working. And my marriage is falling apart. And it's me. It's me and my marriage. My marriage is falling apart. It's me that have allowed my parents to creep in and cause a separation between me and my spouse. I work with a young man that I married earlier this year. And I've urged him, sweetly urged him. I hear him over talking to other people, not me. His in-laws are creeping into his marriage. I said, Josh, I counseled you better than that. I told you, a man ought to leave his mother and father and cleave to his wife. A woman ought to leave her mother and father and cleave to her husband. Troubles me in the church when I see that not happening. Marriage is falling apart. Troubles me when I see Christians seeking their own lustful desires and it leads to taking us to places we never dreamed would have ever happened. We name the name of Christ one week, and the next week we're separated. And then the next week we've done this, and then the next week we've done this, and the next week we're shackled and chained in a place we would have never dreamed we'd ever been, into a life of sin that we can't escape maybe. I'll just be real frank with you today. I'm troubled. You ask me how is the state of our worship? Our music's pretty good. We've always somewhat struggled in the sound department. If I had all the money given to me, I would hire the best of the best and put them back there. I mean, that's just, oh, I would like to. That's on my heart today, in the natural. I'll be real frank with you folks. That's where I'm at with it. If you ask me, Patrick, how is the state of the union of our church? And I want to tell you this. I know Nancy, I know William, I know Aaron's not against me for saying this, but I hope I make you uneasy in your relationship of your marriage every day 
that you look at me because you remember what I said today. I hope that you realize, parents, that rearing your children is about third place for you. Your relationship with God is number one. Your spouse is number two, and your children are number three. What you do here at this church doesn't matter. I don't care if you coach a ball team, teach a Sunday school class. I don't care if you teach at work. I don't care how much money you make. I don't care what your retirement's like. I don't care what kind of car you drive, house you live in, what side of the street you're on. It doesn't matter to me. All that will burn up one day, and you'll stand before God, and I'm afraid that I'll walk through that gate one day, and they'll say, why didn't you tell him that? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The Bible talks to us about certain kinds of Christian conduct. Where have I not been? I think it's Galatians 5. We can play and we can put on a front pretty good for people sometimes. But to God we never will. I hope you don't stand here today thinking, Boy, Patrick, you've got it all together. Because I don't. Let me say something to be real honest. Last Saturday I lost it at home. In my mind, Friday night, I I knew I had these things planned. This is how it was going to go. And if you know me and my north uh, leadership, and my D-type personality, I got up Saturday morning and everything I put my hand to failed. And my frustration level increased. My pacing the floor increased. And I mean literally in the flesh, pacing back and forth. Leah goes, what's wrong with you? I said, things aren't working out. I'm in this tizzy thinking about work and thinking about ministry and thinking about, boy, things at my house are not getting done. That doesn't sound like that first verse in Galatians chapter 5, verse 1. For freedom, for freedom, Christ has set us free. Stand firm, therefore, and do not submit again to the yoke of slavery. Let's stop right there. What if last Saturday when Patrick started getting to a tizzy and I did exactly that? What if that scripture was... I know a lot of scriptures can memorize. I know I, by memory I can quote a lot of scriptures to you. Boy, and I had a bunch. Of, I, I had them. But I, I can't say I can quote that. I'll be able to by the end of this week. For freedom. Because of freedom. Because... God wanted to show a world that coming to His Son, Christ Jesus, He has this thing called freedom. Not being bound by a want, a passion, a desire, a job, a car. God has this thing called freedom. And we know that the Bible says, if any man be in Christ, old things have passed away, all things have become new. He who the Son sets free is free indeed. Let me say something to you. I don't remember. I, I, have, I have this gets my goose, really gets my goose. You'll hear somebody say, I'm just not good with the Bible. I'm just not good with, with memorizing Scripture. I'll take that. I'll, I'll, just, I'll just hear that and I'll take that. But I want to ask you, how many times did you pick it up? So many men can tell you what player, what date, how many receptions, how many throws, what team, who coached, where he's been, how many teams he's coached with, who's the best, who's on top, who's coming up, who's the new hitter. But we can't quote, for freedom Christ has set us free. 
You'll leave here today and you'll say, man, that guy is, he's just, he's off the hook. He's one of those Pentecosts that's going to condemn us all to hell because we're not doing what he says. Can I say something? If you were free in Christ, I could stand here today and point my finger at you and say, William, it's you. It's you. You don't live it. I know you don't. And I could point out everything negative. And if he was free in Christ, he'd say, Boy, I love Patrick, that brother. He thinks he's a preacher, but he's got, you know, I'm going to pray for him. You hear me? You see what I'm saying? Last Saturday when I was in my tizzy, if I knew the scripture, for, if, I could, if it could have come to my mind, for freedom's sake, Christ has set us free. I'll just stand there for, stand firm. Hold up, Patrick. Stand here for a minute. Stand. I think, I think it's scripture. I'll not look again, but I think it goes on to say, don't fall back into the yoke of slavery. I've said, son, can I say in, in my walk, it's been a long time coming to believe that God would say to me, son, hey, buddy, hey, but hey, I called you to freedom, Patrick, stand still. Just stand there for a minute, man. I've got this thing called freedom that my son gave his life for, that I want the world to see. Just stand still for a minute. I want to talk to you. I want to, I want to tell you something. You're falling in to a yoke of slavery, Patrick. You're struggling with this thing called works that you feel justified in. You're struggling with it. Doesn't matter if trim gets put on today. None of that matters, Patrick. What matters is that you've loved me today and you've spent time with your family that when you look in the eyes of your wife, you know if there's fulfillment there or if there's not. Patrick, that's what matters. Stand still, buddy. I, w- I, I, God would say, I want to be glorified in this moment. And in your tizzy, I'm not, brother. And you're teaching your little children that. Oh, can I tell you? Get in the Word. Because this week as I studied and I came across Galatians 5, I was encouraged. I didn't hear God condemning me to hell as I would have in years past. And I would have been reciting the Lord's uh, repentive prayer again. I heard God say, Patrick, on your side of heaven, that's the way it's going to be. But I want you to do this. I'm taking you back there right now. Romans 12, 1. Present your body. Therefore, a living sacrifice. That to me, that is holy and acceptable. For this is going to be your reasonable service. And by doing that, you're going to be tested. Read 12, 2, 3. You're going to be tested. That by testing, you will know what the will of God is. I told you, I think... We don't really live in the fullness we need to. That, that's not a condemnation on any of you. I hope we're getting to a place right now in our message that you're getting encouraged and realize that the guy speaking to you falls short too. But we know that we're saved because the Bible says, Them that endure till the end, so shall they be saved. It didn't say, Them that follow a set of rules. Or that serve a certain type of religion, standard, or seek to make people happy. For freedom's sake, 
you've been set free. Other thing that, that bothers me as Christians, I don't know what God's will for my life is. I just don't know. I looked at a lady earlier this week at my wife's house and I said, not that working in a church justifies you as a Christian, do you understand? But it puts you in a place to be with believers that you need to be with. That can rub you, that can talk. When I say rub, I don't mean sensual. I mean that aggravates you, frustrates you. Maybe they're going to love on you, you understand? That's when the true us comes out, when we're with people. I don't know what God's will for my life is. What is it? I've seen some people just lose out in life so bad because they struggle with this. Romans 12, 1 says, present. I'd lay that body out here. Big, I wish I had a 200-pound slab of cow meat to lay out here. I'd just lay it there. Present your bodies. You say, why would you do that, Patrick? That's just the way I think. Because sometimes presenting our bodies to God doesn't feel easy. Sometimes taking that time to shut up and maybe to physically just lay down. For some of you men, that would, that's just very hard. It would be very hard if I put you... I'd like, I'd like, I've dreamed of some real funky discipleship. Cause some of you men just to lay here. Until you can't stand to lay any longer. I know with me, I'm thinking I need to get up. There's some more things I need to look at in my notes. God, what is it you would have me to do? Where is it you would have me to go? God, bring me to the place. God, bring me to the place that truly hearing your voice, no matter how small it is, is, is the greatest thing. Hmm. For freedom, Christ, for freedom, Galatians 5, Christ has set us free. Stand therefore. Firm, therefore, and do not submit again to the yoke of slavery. He goes on to talk about circumcision. It doesn't matter if you're circumcised or not, bottom line. Verse 7, think about this. I talked about it earlier. When you're first saved and you die and you're dead in your trespasses, you know at that moment, preacher preached, you heard a song, you saw something on TBN. I remember crying hearing some guys do church ministry on Sunday mornings on public TV when I was a young boy. I remember crying because I knew I was a sinner and I was lost. That point, you, you, you accept Christ. Boy, you remember when you get up, you didn't think about nothing. I mean, I'm just talking from my experience. I didn't think about where I was going that day, what I was going to do, who I was going to marry. All the concerns of life weren't bearing down on me. I got up from that moment of prayer and I was just like, man, I love him. He drastically changed my, my life. I would say this to you. Maybe, maybe you were that person that, uh, I mean, I don't understand it, but you, it was just gradual for you. You're raised in church. It's just always been well with you, and you're just right with Christ. I'm, I'm not putting that down. Maybe that, that very well can be you. And maybe you want a different experience. I can remember having a different experience on several different occasions. Through my walk, where God spoke to me in a different way and dealt with my heart, usually for weeks. And I can remember getting up from that moment and just being free, totally free. 
And then this began to take place. Verse 7, Galatians 5. I began to run well. My walk with Christ was really good. Do you remember that? When you had that, either you first were saved or you come to a place where God brought you to a new spot and then you said, I, were, I was running well. But he says to the people of Galatia here, he said, but who hindered you from obeying the truth? Or why did you stop? And then it goes on to say, a little leaven leavens the whole lump. It's the small things that will sneak in. I, I think about that, that first conversion, that first time. I think about different times I could tell you where God has really dealt with my life. Just in a couple, a uh, week and a half ago where Aaron talked about it, the Lord spoke to me in the car. I, I just prayed a prayer. I was praying a prayer. I, I listened to a lot of podcasts or I don't really listen to music. I know you think I should. And I probably should. I listen to worship songs. I just don't listen to music on the radio. I listen, used to listen to talk radio. I've shut that off over the past couple years. And, and uh, I listen to podcasts, to people preaching. But the other day I was riding in a car and I said, You know what, God? This wasn't thinking about my in here. This wasn't thinking about anything like that. I said, God, I want to know you. I said, I don't want to play a game. Any, you know, not that I've been playing a game. But I want to come to a place that's deeper, that's more real, and it's daily. I want to be part of that. I want to put my foot towards that every day. I want to purpose that in my heart. I don't want to wait on my small group leader or my pastor or something from a podcast to give it to me. God, I want to wake up every day and I want to put my foot towards it. I made decisions with my children my wife that have not been easy decisions. Sometimes I get mad because I don't get my own way. I'll be honest with you. I'm selfish at times, and I covet. I'll just be honest. I can look at your car, truck, and covet. I can, not your house, because I don't want to take care of one, but I can look at your automobile, and I can covet, brother. I'm going to tell you. But after having a great experience with Christ and getting back on that track, don't you wish you could always stay on that track? Oh, how I wish I could always stay on that track. Something along the way hinders us. And it goes on to say it's like a little bit of leaven. It's like a little bit of yeast you put in bread. And it'll leaven the whole lump. You're running well. Who hindered you? A little leaven leavens the whole lump. Move on down to 13. Galatians 5. For you were called to freedom, brothers. Only do not use your freedom as an opportunity to sin or an opportunity to feed your flesh. But through love serve one another, for the whole law is fulfilled in one word. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. But if you bite and devour one another, watch out that you are not consumed by one another. But I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the desires of the flesh are against the Spirit. And the desires of the Spirit are against the flesh. For these are opposed to each other to keep you from doing the things you want to do. But if you're led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. Nor the works of the flesh are evident. Move on down to 25. And if we live by the Spirit, let us also walk by the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking one another, envying one another. Uh, Walk by the Spirit. Can, can I get a hand raised and say, you know what, Patrick? I have to be really honest. 
if you, if you don't expound on that, I'll leave here today and say, I wished I, I, wished I knew more, or I, I, I don't know. If, can you be real honest with me today and say, how, how do I walk by the Spirit? Can anybody say that? I'm going to tell you, the only way we can do it is to present our bodies as a living sacrifice. You'll say, Patrick, what do you mean by present your bodies? I thought it's not by our outward man doing anything. What do you mean? And I'll just tell you, the only way that I know to explain it to you, you have, you have to make your relationship with Christ number one. Not with your employers. Not with your spouse. Lord, I'm scared to say that right there. Not with your church. Not with anything. You have to take the time. I think it's Psalms 131. said, I have quieted my soul. I have quieted. You have to take time to sit down, to lay down, and quiet yourself. And say, God, there's a lot on my plate. This world throws a lot on my plate that I can't deal with. And I'm sinful. And I feel separated from you most times. And I've just attended church. Here's my plate. I need you to direct me and show me what's important on my plate, what's not, where I put my focus and where I don't. That's pretty practical. If there's one thing I like about preaching is when it's really practical. that I can say, hey, that guy sent me away with something to do. Listen, I'm not sending you away with rules and laws today. Do you understand? Because when you bring your plate before the Lord, when you realize that He has made you a table in the presence of your enemies, the Bible says... In your worst days, in the days that you have faced that have been your worst days, when all hell has come against you, I'm here to tell you that God has made a table right there in the presence of that. Right there in the presence of it. In your worst day. Patrick, you don't know what I'm going through. I've been in the presence of two suicides. Right there. At the... the, at, at some very, not at the time it happened, but at very critical times where I saw some very broken, tore up people. I had a great aunt that we loved. They broke into her home and murdered her, brutally murdered her. We were very close to that. I had an uncle that denied Christ till he drew his last breath around brothers and sisters that loved Jesus, that he cursed God and went to his deathbed. I, at nine years old, lost my dad, and I always thought he was in hell. So I thought drinking myself to death will send me there too, and at least we'll be together. No fault of my uncle or my mother, but it was after I got saved that I found out that my dad was in heaven. I guess it was just something they just didn't talk about. Was my dad just afraid of bringing it up? But it was after I got saved that my uncle came to me and he said, now you'll get to see your dad. And I broke. I said, what? 
Maybe today there's something tough you need to talk about. There it is. I believe there it is. Maybe there's something today in your home. There's something tough you need to talk about. Maybe you need to go home today and you need to put it for sale on a bunch of stuff. Maybe today you need to stop a relationship that's not pure. Maybe today you need to confess to your husband. Maybe today you need to confess to your wife. Maybe today as a man you need to begin to lead your household. Maybe today as a woman you need to shut your mouth and get off your husband. Maybe today you, you feel like, boy, if I, if I even open my Bible and begin to read it to my wife, she'd look at me funny because she knows what I've done and where I've been. And I'm not smart enough to do it. No matter how bad it feels. It's not, it's not certain things you do that get you somewhere. But there's certain things that we do that we present our bodies and our members. There's another scripture and I've got it here somewhere but I'm not going to look. And I'm going to quote this in the King James because it's the way I learned it. And it's in my notes and I should look it up but I'll have you do it. It's 27. It said, Know ye not... Who you yield yourselves members to. For that which you yield yourselves members to, you become slaves to. The Bible talks about our members. So there is something to what you put your hand to. What you put your foot to. What you allow to hear. What you ingest into your body. There is something to that. So today I urge you. You can play Lord I need you softly. Today I urge you. You can stand to your feet. If you remember nothing else I said today. I want you to remember one thing. It's better than where you're at. If you would present your bodies as a living sacrifice. Holy and acceptable to the Lord. If you would realize. That God means what He says, says what He means. For freedom's sake, you've been set free. To be a light set upon a hill that shall not be hidden. Men, until you find out, fall in love with Jesus, oh, it's better than a new a new Harley. It's hard for me to imagine because I dream of one, but I know it from experience. I can tell you, man. I struggled with material things for a lot of years. And I made financial choices for struggle thing, for material things. But it's like this song says, every hour I need you. My dream for you and for this church is not for it to grow in number. Oh, I mean, that, that could be. If I, if I could say, Aaron knows I, I love that. But that one day... That you'll walk in these doors and you'll know you're free because someone provoked you to good works. That somebody told you that you're headed down a path that doesn't really live to free, lead to freedom. That you've been too long in one spot and you need to get up and go. That one day you'll realize the things of this world, of this earth, will pass away. They'll be gone. But only the relationships we have with others and ultimately our relationship with Christ is what will last. And oh, one day we'll break through those gates. They'll swing them wide open. They'll say, enter into the eternal life. Enter into life forevermore. My brother and my sister, 
Oh, thou good and faithful servant. Come on in. It's your turn. Come on. There's going to be a crowd awaiting you. And I believe in our new nature, our new way of thinking. I believe we'll be able to remember the past but not be haunted by it. And I don't know about you, but when I break through those gates, I want to see some people. And if I get there before them, I want to be welcoming them in. I don't know about you, but I want to be a light. When I go to Tim Hortons, I want to be a light. To one of those guys, to one of them girls who are broken without Christ. I want to walk by the Spirit. I didn't say talk in tongues. I didn't say do miracles. I didn't say cast out demons. I didn't say that. That might be part of it. That might be. It very well. I've experienced all those things. But I want to walk by the Spirit. I want to love the things of God more than I love my flesh. I want to love eternal things more than I love things of this world. Can I say to you, if it truly hasn't profited you, stop it. If it's not in God's Word, stop it. Stop it today. Just stop it. Today may be the day you need to fast. Start your fast. Probably my day. I need to start. I want you to know one thing. I love you. And as your worship leader, I think we're at a very important time. Bill Gates would say, we're at a strategic inflection point. If I could say church triumphant is at a strategic inflection point, and I think we're taking the right turn. And I want you to be part of God creating a new life in you and creating new life in His church where we love sinners more than we love our own time and we reach out to them and give them the love of Christ. Let's all bow our heads. I'm not looking either. My head is bowed. My eyes are shut. I'm not going to call you up front. I'm not going to do that. But I, if today the message has touched your heart, if you say, Patrick, I'll be honest. I, 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 I'm a Christian. And I do what I can, but I don't feel free. Patrick, my marriage is suffering. I don't know how to parent. I'm struggling with my children. Patrick, uh, I want to live that more fulfilled life you talk about. That only the Spirit of God can cause it to happen. If that's you today, no one's looking around because it's nobody's business. I just want you to raise your hand before the Lord and I want to pray. My hand is raised. I'll let you know that if you want to look up here. God, I want the things of this world to fall off of us today. I want to be like when you told the woman at the well in John 4. I want to be able to worship you in spirit and in truth, God. I want what I say from my mouth to be coming from my heart, God. I want to know you. I want to know the power of your life, death, and resurrection of the Holy Spirit in my life. God is what I want. I want to move from the place that I'm at and move on over into a new life, God. That's me. I want to be the man I need to be to my wife. I want to be the wife that will shut up and let my husband be the man you've created him to be. I want to be the husband or wife that stays separated from my parents and puts my spouse first, God. That's who I want to be. God, I want to be the person that's not in love with my car, but that's in love with what I can give to someone in need, God. I want to be the one that's not in love with my stuff, but in love with what I can give to help others, God. 
God, we ask it. We ask your Holy Spirit would make it real to us. To me, God. Help our worship to be true, God. Help our worship to be heartbreaking to those that has been saved for years. Help our worship to be attractive, oh, so attractive to those that worship the wrong things. Make me new, God. You're an awesome God. I'm worthy of, of more than I can give you, God. I'm a sinner, and I'm in need of a Savior, God. We thank you for today.